Welcome to Wisdom with Dr. Wanda. For more information about me and what I have going on, visit www.wandaarnold.life. Thank you guys for listening. Today I have a guest speaker who will walk us through her process of from addiction to recovery. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Wanda. Thanks for joining me, Ashley. Thank you so very much. Before we jump in, I want to reference a scripture. I'm coming from Jeremiah 17, 14, and it reads, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. Amen, amen. Mm-hmm. So... Ashley, I I, want to, you know, want you to start off with telling us just a little bit about yourself, where you are right now, and then we'll go into the process of from addiction to recovery. Sure. My name is Ashley Butler. I am currently living in Fairview, Texas with my recent husband, Steve. Um, and our wonderful pets. <laughs> uh, right now, I am. I just celebrated eight years clean and sober on August fifth, and I'm currently working at a fertility clinic, helping women make their dreams of production of a baby possible. So that's what right. about me. All right, all right, all right. Well, congratulations on your sobriety anniversary. So, um, Ashley, can you tell us what was your addiction? Uh, my addiction was alcohol and a drug that some people know, some people don't. It was called K2. What was that again? K2. K2. Okay. Tell me, what is K2? So K2 originally came out to be kind of like um, a marijuana subst- a substitute for people that wanted to pass drug tests and it didn't show up. But it became more of a hallucinogenic, um, make you pass out. Just make remove you from reality, basically. But it is a, it was a synthetic drug that was out. I think it's illegal in all the states now. Okay, okay. So, what was going on in your life when you realized that alcohol and this K two were your drugs of choice? Well, the reason I realized it was a problem was because I had shut out all my friends, all my family. I had a boyfriend that was not healthy. Um, and I became jobless and homeless. I just had nothing left at the end. And I realized it was just, there was a problem that needed to be addressed. Okay. So when did you realize you needed help? What, what was um, your lowest point? Well, the, I told my boyfriend, I said, listen, if we become homeless again, cause we were living with his sister and sleeping on our floor and she was saying she was going to be evicted. So I said, listen, if we become homeless again, I can't anymore. I'm done. And I realized we did. She she got evicted. And I told him, I said, I need to go to the hospital and get help because I don't want to be alive anymore. If I have to live like this, I'd rather die. Okay. That was my lowest point. Continue to elaborate. Tell us more about your story. Sure. Um, well, I just in general I came up in a good God-fearing family I was young and when I was young I was misdiagnosed with um depression anxiety and ADHD which we found out later on that was bipolar so because I was misdiagnosed I was not getting the treatment that I needed and when I got into high school I went to a school where I didn't really know anybody um 
I had 10 people from my middle school went to the high school. So I decided to hang out with the stoners and the partiers. And so I got into that group and got caught a few times, had to go to probation and got introduced to recovery in high school, actually. I had to go to some AA meetings and some intensive outpatient where I found kind of something that I enjoyed. I got two years sober. Um, I relapsed on marijuana for about nine months, and then I got another three years sober after that. Um, and then that's where the chaos really started. When on New Year's Eve one night, I said, you know what, I'm going to drink. I stopped, I had stopped going to meetings. I'd stopped praying. I'd stopped reaching out to God for help and structure and guidance. And I drank and I got into an extremely wild party life, drinking all the time on the weekends, um, introducing other substances. I had done ecstasy. I had done PCP a couple times, you know, just a way to remove myself from reality. Because when I was doing all these things, I was removing myself from God. You know, I was removing myself from his his love and his his compassion. I was turning my back on it, rather, not removing. You can never remove yourself from God's love. I was turning my back on God, and I lived a very rebellious lifestyle. Um, a, just a lot of different things that I'm not proud that I did with people that I'm not proud that I was hanging out with. And then I met Curtis. Um, I had started dabbling with smoking weed every now and then. And then I started smoking it a lot. Um, and then the summer was ending one year and I could only smoke in the summer, I thought, because I worked for the school system in Maryland and I didn't want to have any problems with that. So I, I started smoking K2 with Curtis thinking, oh, well, that doesn't show up on a drug test, but it's perfect. We'll just do this once a day, you know, just to calm me down at night and just keep drinking. Well, as soon as K2 came in the picture, I was able to stop smoking weed. I stopped drinking. Everything looks good for about two weeks until I realized I couldn't stop doing this substance. I couldn't stop doing it any time of the day. We were going, we lived in the suburbs of Howard County, which is about... 20 minutes from Baltimore City, which was the only place that we knew to get this substance. You would get it in gas stations and stuff, and it's illegal now, thank God. It's a horrible substance. Um, but I would go to the gas stations in Baltimore City sometimes four or five, six times a day and spend, you know, like $20, $30 each time and didn't realize why I was broke and why bills were getting harder, you know, and I ended up losing the house I was living in, the, the basement apartment I was living in in Baltimore. And from that point, we were house hopping, sleeping on people's floors, sleeping on people's couches, homeless multiple times in the car. The whole time we were homeless. If you don't have a home, you're homeless, you know, but we were sleeping in the car at rest stops. And then the final stop was his sister's house. We were sleeping on her floor for about a month when everything just came to a head and she got evicted and I just told him, I can't, I cannot live this lifestyle anymore. I, I'd rather die. And I realized at that point that I had literally gotten suicidal. You know, I was like, if they don't help me at this hospital, I'm just, I, I started having ideations, thoughts on what I was gonna do, how I was gonna end it. Because I had no relationship with my son. I had no relationship with my family. The only time I talked to them is when I wanted money. It was just a bitter, horrible, lonely place to be. There was no love in my relationship with this man at all. You know, it was strictly so that I didn't have to sleep in the car by myself and be feel like I was in danger. So 
that's what led me to the hospital one day and they asked me if I was suicidal and I said listen if I don't get off this stuff I'm gonna kill myself you know and they put me into the hospital into the psychiatric facility in the substance abuse ward and that's where my journey began okay so I want to go back a little bit um, because I want to ask you about your support system or lack thereof um, so your family, um, any siblings, um, I heard you say you didn't have a relationship with your son. Um, how, how deep were you in to the point where they didn't, di- did they know, could they see it? Or did you keep yourself away where it was so very well hidden that they had no idea? When I decided to go to treatment and told my parents what was going on, they were, um, from my perspective, knowing something was going on, but not knowing what. I hid my lifestyle from my entire family. I just felt like if I just shut that out, then they don't know what's going on. Therefore, I can't break their hearts. You know, I just... I'm, I'm a nuisance right now, so I'm not going to reach out to them. So yeah, I kept it very well hidden. I had, the only support system was a very toxic boyfriend that I had at the time. And that was not support. There was no love. There was no, I got you, baby. We're going to be okay. It was strictly for somebody to get high with. So I felt as though I was completely alone in the world. Okay. Um, so how did you... How did you reconnect with God? When I was in the hospital one night, I got on my knees and I prayed for the first time in years. And I told him, I'll never forget it. I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's in store for me, but I know you've got me. Please provide for me. I am so scared. And I felt this overwhelmed my talking about it I get goosebumps because I got goosebumps in my whole body and it's almost like I felt this warmth around me and I knew I knew God had me and I knew I was going to be okay even though I had no home to go home to I had nothing I had nowhere to go I had no job anymore you know but I knew I was going to be okay I knew God had my back at that time okay okay so there was a uh, lack of better terms, a rededication of your life to God because you knew him. You you just kind of yes. sort of walked away from your relationship with him. Is that absolutely. a... Yeah, absolutely. I knew him. And in AA and Alcoholics Anonymous and those reha- uh, recovery programs, we call it a spiritual experience. That's the, le- the best way to describe what I experienced. It was a spiritual experience of, of reconnecting with God. And I literally physically felt as though I felt his presence at that moment. And I don't experience that very often. So it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. God is omnipresent. He's mm-hmm. He's everywhere at the same time. And he will definitely meet our needs. But we have to want him to, to help us. We have to want exactly. that help. And we have to be open to his help. What can you say to those who may be struggling with an addiction? It may not be, you know, the the drugs or the alcohol. It, it could be, you know, sex. It could be porn. It could be anything. 
what can you say um, to help encourage someone that is struggling with an addiction? The best thing I can say is that if you want it, there is hope and there is help. There is hope in God and there is help through I feel like God sometimes, sometimes people are God in skin form. Not literally, but like God will use people to speak what he needs you to hear. So there's so, with all the addictions that there are, there are, for most addictions, there are support groups. There is hope in God and there is help through people. That's the best thing I can say for that. You know, you just have to want it. If you don't want it for you, for yourself, for me and my experience, I can't want it for my son. I can't want it for my mom. I've got to want it for myself and I've got to want it for my relationship with God for it to work. Okay. Um, so may I ask, how is your relationship with your family now, with your son? My, my son and I have a great relationship now. Um, he is 14 and a freshman in high school. We talk as much as a 14 year old wants to talk, but when we talk, it's great. You know, we have a great relationship. We, I've worked really, really hard on trying to build that with him. I don't talk to him as much as I'd like, but like I said, he's 14. He's not, oh, let's talk to mom on the phone, you know, but my relationship with my son is amazing. And my family is one of my number one support networks now. They all talk to me. I'm very close to my sisters. I talk to my parents on what I would call a regular basis. So we've come a long way. Okay. So for those that are listening that that uh, heard you say that you talk to your son often, uh, so your son is in Maryland. Yes. My son, I made a very hard decision um, when I was pretty newly sober to allow my parents to adopt my son. Um, one of the hardest things I've ever done, but I don't regret it for a second because I didn't want to get my life together in Texas and uproot my son from the only structure that he had known his whole life. So he lives with my parents. Um, they love him as if he was their own. And I am very grateful for that. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. So before we close, um, I would like for you to, to take some time, you know, a couple of minutes, however long you need to pray for those that are listening that um, need prayer for that addiction, that addiction, that addictive spirit. If you can, can you lead us into prayer? Absolutely. All right. Lord God, I just, I thank you for this day. What a blessing it is. And I thank you for this chance to speak to Wanda. I pray that you will be with those that are struggling with addiction. Those that may not see a light or may see a light, but are too scared to step through to it. I pray that they trust in you, Lord God. I pray that they will reach for that light and take that first step towards freedom from bondage of addiction. Lord God, I pray for healing now I pray that you will hear their spirits, hear their souls, heal their bodies, and just help them to know that you are there and there is somebody out there in this world that wants to help them, that's been through it, that knows what they're going through, and there is just a whole new world of freedom in you, Lord God, if they just take that first step in trusting you, whether it be going to that church, going to that meeting, going online to a support group, whatever it may be, writing in a journal, writing a letter to you, Lord God, whatever they need to do. 
I pray that you will give them the courage and strength to take that first step and that there is hope and freedom from bondage of addiction. I pray that these people will take it one day at a time, not one lifetime at a time, and that they will know that they just need to make it through each day to get closer to you and farther away from that addiction. Lord God, I pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much, Miss Ashley. Thank you so very much. Um, Wisdom with Dr. Wanda um, is definitely has definitely been blessed by Ashley and her testimony. Um, Look forward to hearing more from us and what we're doing as far as reaching out to others to help encourage the community, whatever community that may be. I appreciate you, Ashley. And thank Thank you again for joining Wisdom with Dr. Wanda. Thank you. You have a blessed night. Thanks, you too. Thanks, thanks.